A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined once again by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. With your bad back. With my bad back. What's yeah. happened, man? Uh, I injured myself climbing on Monday morning uh, by falling off. <laughs> it wasn't. I wasn't very high up. Oh, okay. So it wasn't. I just think I sort of like I slipped, and then I think in the reaching to grab, I jarred it, mm. and then as I hit the floor, I did like I took a bump. I really, <laughs> I really hit the mats like. Oh. Uh, and it's not been quite right since. But then yeah. I, this morning I woke up and I was like, I feel fine. I'll go climbing. Three moves in. Oh, mate. And now here I am. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Scrunched up. Man, I feel, I feel for you, dude. My back's really like stiff at the moment. Mm. And because like I, I had to do the news twice today because mm, technical issues. Ooh. And I had to do the weekend video and I had to stand up while I was waiting for it to sort out. So I've been standing up and my back was wrecking by the end of it. I was mm. really looking forward to sit down and record this. Yeah. So um, a nice weekend of doing little then to uh, relax. Yeah, laying, laying flat, hopefully, uh, <laughs> would be my ideal. Yeah. Um, I'm meant to be going to a birthday party this weekend on Saturday and mm-hmm. then might go to Kew Gardens on Sunday for a little jaunt, but we'll see how the back is tomorrow. Yeah. At the moment, I just want to be lying flat. Yeah. That's all I want to be doing. <laughs> Very nice. Well, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I uh, in about three hours' time, I'm going to be heading to the train station because I'm heading to Mahuntleth in Wales, uh, which is where my brother lives. Um, and so we're going to go and spend the weekend with him. I haven't seen my brother since Christmas, so mm-hmm. I'm really really excited to go and hang out with him but we did have like quite a lot of plans on on like what we were going to do and then he sent me this email message that said uh right now the bbc is saying that there's going to be near 50 mile an hour winds whoa and a 98 percent chance of rain all day saturday <laughs> <laughs> and sunday doesn't look much better <laughs> so, sweet so yeah 50 mile an hour winds yeah. and 98 percent chance of rain so and we're going back on the sunday and so storm it, gareth so it just I, i'd imagine we're going to be playing a lot of games i brought smash up um and my expansion packs uh, i need to remember to take Keyforge. so because my brother's got a couple of packs um we're just gonna play games basically and watch films i mean that's good that's sort of like the, oh i'm stoked uh, the ideal isolation yeah. time i'm stoked mm. like we just messaged back being like yeah maybe we should just like just play games and and watch movies and drink that happens every time i go around my brother's house yeah pretty much that's why i was I, we were just gonna go for a walk because we're going to peru like in, in june mm. so we need to like do some treks we need to like do some practice right yeah because i'm not bad like with long walks i'm okay but my wife's quite wee she's like she i mean she's under five foot you know she's mm. she's quite wee 
she um we were in the, the lake district last weekend and we like did a big hill climb mm-hmm. there were points where she was like i can't climb much further because it's genuinely very difficult it's very from, steep yeah. it's very steep because she's so small mm. so i think she wants to do more sort of like hill climby training stuff and this would have been really good for us to do it around sort of like you know in in Mahutlath, Mahutlath. Uh, and go for like a nice long walk but oh, that's not happening mm. absolutely that is not happening so you'll either get the slower like a lot slower or way quicker yeah wherever you're going so <laughs> yeah uh, we've got a Rusev Hay in here from a Wrestle Talk writer, um, and the uh, he calls himself the head randical, uh, Nate. And um, he starts his email, hi Randy, and none of you other guys. Oh, <laughs> Nate sent Randy a t-shirt. He did, yeah. he did indeed. Uh, I want to tell you about a Rusev Hay from 23 years ago today. This was sent on the 11th of March. I attended Monday Nitro in Winston-Salem. My buddy and I walked up and surprisingly scored second row tickets. Not long after the show started, I felt someone grabbing me. Before I knew it, I'd been thrown to the floor. I got up ready to throw down and scrambling to figure out who I needed to punch back. I looked up and realized who it was. It was Brian Pillman invading WC. W Nitro. Instead of fighting him and getting my butt kick, I joined in and I hold up one end of the 1-800 Pillman sign. So I got to be part of one of the most infamous storylines in WCW. Pixar, it didn't happen. Remember, this was 23 years and a lot of pounds ago. And that is a screenshot of, I'm guessing from the WWE Network, of the 1-800 Brian Pillman uh, thing. And that right there is Nate. Wow. So congratulations, bud. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Brian Pillman was so cool. What a great angle that was as well. Mm. Like fascinating to look back on when we were doing the um, Patreon podcast for uh, Bad Blood '97, the one with the Shawn Michaels Undertaker Hell in a Cell, first mm-hmm. ever Hell in a Cell. And um, it was the night that Brian Pillman died, or the day that Brian Pillman died. And we, me and Ollie, just talked for about an hour just about Brian Pillman and like the craziness that he did and like how he really fell into that loose cannon storyline. Mm. Really, really interesting guy. There's a they did do a documentary for Pillman called Loose Cannon, which has got some really good insights on it and some really good interviews. So if you are interested in the the life and times of Brian Pillman, I would recommend that. And um if there's and fifty eight mile an hour winds outside this weekend, maybe <laughs> yeah, well, it's worth they, watching. Maybe it's worth finding yourself <laughs> something on the old network and just sitting down and watching that instead. Uh let's do this other Reese of Hay here. This comes in from Andy. Hello Luke Ollie El Fakador, but not Randy Datsun. A quick Rusev hey for you. I am currently doing some architectural design work for Sheffield United to make their stadium Premier League compliant should they get promoted. Good luck with that, football banter. I have no idea. They might be really good. I have no idea. Uh, I was asked to go to a meeting today and stay and watch the match from the director's box. I was on my own as my contract dealing... um, Sorry, I was on my own as my contact was dealing with match day operations before the game began, so I took my seat early in an empty row in front of me. I saw Mick Foley. He what? was the uh, he was a guest or strike. Um, sorry, he was a guest of striker Billy Sharp, who used the mandible claw as a celebration earlier in the season. I went up to him and said I didn't want to bother him, but I was a big fan. He shook my hand and was very polite before someone came and took him to his actual seat before I could ask for a photo or even said I wore my leopard print size homage to Cactus Jack's boots, although he did tell me to have a nice day. Big fan of the podcast for over a year now, and if Sheffield United do get promoted and my work progresses, I will become a Patreon backer. Keep up the good work. Sorry if we were a bit disparaging of Sheffield United. I, I don't know if they... My only... I hope they do get promoted now. Yeah, so do I. My 
I'm on your side. Yeah, absolutely we are. I'm now an official. Let's go the home team. What, yes, let's go home. <laughs> Woohoo, home team. Come on, you. Home. Sheffield. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my only knowledge of, of Sheffield United comes from the full Monty, and mm. that's because that's the team that they support. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's crack on into the main show itself. We're talking about the WrestleMania 35 card and potential matches that could join it. Here is the show. So we thought we would talk about the uh, WrestleMania 35 card as it currently stands. Um, and we'll kind of give sort of our thoughts on things as, it, as they are at the moment, but also go into some of the, the rumored matches that are currently lined up for things and kind of sort of like see how we're thinking about Mania 35 currently. So the current announced matches, we've got Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Uh, Seth won the uh, Royal Rumble to get him this match. Mm-hmm. And currently it's been a match that has been, like, I feel that this the Universal Championship match with Lesnar has kind of taken a back seat to Roman coming back Mm. and reuniting the Shield. Do you think that's because they can't get Lesnar to appear on the show? Well, that's more than likely (laughs) the case, really, isn't it? Should have got a better contract. Yeah, because at the moment, like, uh, Ollie always puts it best when he's like, Seth is feuding with Paul Heyman. Like, he's not feuding with Lesnar at the moment. And Paul Heyman's just, like, digging up anyone he feels like to be like, (laughs) come out here, do a bit of this. Come on down, Shelton. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Shelton, you've got nothing else on. And I kind of like, I I really liked Heyman's promo on Raw, Mm -hmm. where he was talking about, hey, like, all those guys that have taken Lesnar to the limit recently, like AJ, Brian, and Finn, they were all changed matches. It was meant to be Braun. It was meant to be uh, Jinder. It was meant to be someone else. Like, they were constantly trying to make this argument that Lesnar was on the defensive because he didn't know who he was going to be. Because he hadn't prepared. He hadn't prepared for Like you would for a fight, exactly. Whereas uh, Seth, we've had time to prepare now. We've had time to train. We've mm-hmm. had time to sort things out. And reportedly, I mean, Heyman said that Lesnar's going to be there this Monday, but, well, that remains to be seen because mm. we had this a lot during the Roman feud last year. Uh, Vince, I'm sick. <laughs> I, <coughs> I've got, I can't come in today. If you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> Lesnar didn't just walk into the studio. That was, that was just Laurie <laughs> that was doing just a, a beautiful impression. A, a flawless mm. impression of Brock Lesnar. Um, so, yeah, so I, I kind of hope that Lesnar is there. I hope so. This needs a bit of build, doesn't this, it? This needs a bit of something, because also we've had Lesnar lay out Seth and then effectively put Seth on the shelf because his back mm. was hurting. And we haven't really done much since. Mm-hmm. I think there's, we're now like 20... At the time of this recording, we're like 23 days away from Mania. Yeah. And they need to get some fire underneath this feud. Well, they do, because like the problem with the Universal title is it's been so mistreated in the Lesnar era by just not being a facet. that like When Roman won it, before he had to go away to get his treatment, people cared only from the perspective of, well, that title, I am just want it back on Raw. Like, yeah. it need, like just for the, the sake of the program, <laughs> we need this title back. But we've had that now, and it didn't really, like, I don't think people came to it feeling like, oh, that's done loads and loads for it. So now I'm even more apathetic now than I was before about the universal title coming back yeah. to Raw. I'm just like, well, let's just get rid of bin it. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Because like, just tell Brock he can have it. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep that. Because yeah, it's like Lesnar's had he had it since Mania the year previous when mm-hmm. he beat Goldberg for it, and then held it for that entire year, beating Strowman, beating Joe, beating all of these guys, and we were all sat there going like, ah, yeah, but it's just that we can beat Roman at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And then Lesnar signed a new contract, so Vince pulled the ultimate swerve and gave. 
Lesnar the win, and so he retained the title, which really hurt Roman, mm-hmm. really hurt the belt, and it made like because they didn't have any plans to follow up on that. So Lesnar just wasn't there. He was there even less. Mm. That period between WrestleMania and SummerSlam was a bit of a that was a dive period for for Raw in terms of mm. com- this this brand has no direction. And then as you say, Roman finally wins the belt at SummerSlam. And sadly, with his leukemia announcement, the belt just went back to Brock and we're like back to square one again. They should just put it on Braun at that exact... That was the point to just put it on Braun oh, for yeah. a bit, see what happens. At least it's there. You build some guy as the, like, the top guy. I don't know. It's just it's such a marked difference from like how the WWE Championship feels on SmackDown. That, feels, that felt important when AJ had it. It feels important now that Daniel Bryan has made a new belt because mm-hmm. it feels important that some babyface at some point is going to go and win that and bring the new bring the old belt back and bin or burn the hemp yeah. one, getting everyone high. <laughs> uh, but like that feels like a really important facet and part of SmackDown. The Universal Title is not part of Raw, yeah, at all. Yeah, no, I agree and it just with means that. that like you know, this could be a brilliant match. It's like you know, it's one of those ones where I think. Brock Lesnar will be into it and therefore you'll actually get a good match out of him because he decides on a person-by-person basis of mm. like, you can go, we'll go. So this could be a really good match, but for what? What's the prize? It seems like it's a rubbish prize. This There is no way this match will headline the mm. show. There is no way. Because there was talk of like, it's either going to be this or it's going to be the triple threat. Yep. It can't be this. No. This match has got, like, it's got no heat behind it. Depends it. On, it depends on how stupid they've made the finish <laughs> for the triple threat, I think. Well, let's move on to that because that <laughs> is Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. I don't think we need to go into the craziness of this story because that ground has been been trodden many many times mm. before we've discussed this in great detail on on pretty much every show we've been doing since the royal rumble oh. but um it's it's been a very convoluted storyline it's been needlessly silly mm-hmm. it, becky essentially made fun of it on smackdown in her promo where she was like this was dumb and yeah. she was like very flippant and like i was suspended i was suspended again i was arrested and so she knows it's dumb i think everyone knows it's dumb and you and I discussed the Ronda thing last week, which I'm still not massively mm-hmm. fond on. She followed that up on Raw, but they edited a lot of that on SmackDown. So I feel like this match has lost a lot of its luster yes. since the Rumble. Well, it was, it was stupid because they they tried to create the same sort of buzz that they got by not have, accidentally not being allowed to have the match at SummerSlam. Was Survivor Summer, Series. Survivor Series, that was it. Sorry, Survivor Series just because Becky got injured, right? So, like, there was all this buzz about it, and then everyone went crazy when it couldn't happen. That was when it got even... The, the hype became even more real for mm. it. But then they've tried to artificially create that same hype while still talking about it and constantly featuring it as a main part of the TV programming. The better thing to do would just be, like, Becky wins the Rumble, you can leave it a few weeks, then we start to build for a couple of weeks then we leave it for a few weeks and like the the less you touch this yeah. the more it just remains this thing people want to see especially yeah. if you don't add chuck a charlotte flair into the mix it's just like a like whoa just mixing it up now yeah and i i get the charlotte inclusion i i really did because that's what they wanted to do like last mm. year when ronda joined they were like cool we're going to build to ronda versus charlotte at mania next year mm. so they stuck to their guns like they yeah. think that's their big money match and and fair enough charlotte's a star whatever but she also deserves to be in, like, she's she's someone who deserves to be in the yeah. first ever women's main event head, like, main event of WrestleMania, if that is what's happening. Yeah. She deserves that. I, I completely agree. Well, like, the, the story was almost set up there for them. Ron, like, Becky won the Royal Rumble. Mm. She wasn't meant to be part of it. So Charlotte was like, 
well, why was why was I thrown out? You weren't even in this match. Set up a match at fast lane, do an F finish, and then do the triple threat. But no, that's well, well, we won't get into it because we've, we've trodden this ground many times before. But I do think <laughs> so that, hard not to though. Yeah, it's so hard not to. It's but it's like a scab that I can't not hit. <laughs> so I can't. I do hope that they manage to get back some of that heat, some of that Survivor Series heat mm. that we had. Um, to build up to this match. Because at the moment, it is starting to really cool off. Becky, in particular, has really cooled mm -hmm. off. Uh, up next, it's Shane versus Miz. So this is, you could argue, has been building since October, November, rather, from Crown Jewel up until now. But as me and Ollie were talking about in the SmackDown review, I think a lot of this has been, like, a, a lot of the best in the world stuff was pushed to the side so we could do the tag team stuff. Because all that tag team storyline was about, I want to impress my dad. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about the best in the world trophy. It wasn't about any of that. It was like I want to be, a, I want to be a good son to my dad, and I want to make him proud. And now that that's the tag team split, they're back to being, oh yeah, I'm the best in the world. Mm. So it's had a very up and down storyline. Unless Shane wants to impress Miz's dad. <laughs> that's what it is. That's it. He yeah. wants to be. He wants to be the new son. He it's wants like to, a, yeah. It's a doppelganger thing. He, he loves to, Miz like, Dad yeah. so much. <laughs> uh, so I, I think this will be a, a good opening match to the show. Mm -hmm. I think this will be a solid little opener. Um, would it be a good opener? Because usually you want to put like... Because they did AJ versus Shane in the opener a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I thought that really set the pace for like the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I kind of maybe I'm putting Shane into that position as well. I do think this is quite heated though. I think Shane had some really good heat from SmackDown from after the, the Miz beatdown. And he was really... He got great heat at Fastlane because mm -hmm. it was in Miz's hometown. I think like the revival Black and Ricochet would be a... Opener. If that is one like, of the matches we're going to get, yeah, if, yeah. if that if that was something that we were going to that was going to happen, that would be a good opener. I just think like I just don't know. Nah, if, man, Shane a, a, a Shane match, a, if Shane has enough opener star power for me, mm. like I get that he'll probably jump through something, <laughs> but then that feels like that spot is somewhere in the middle. But I'm not overly fussed by the match. But also like that that's a that's babyface Shane, right? That's a babyface spot to do the big elbow drop and things like that to get mm. the crowd popping for you. If you want to work a heel, you don't do those spots to, to get the crowd turning but does he do you. anything else? Well, it, terrible punches. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So maybe... and, a, and a float over DDT yeah. that works 50% of the he, time. Maybe he goads Miz into jumping through something. That may be, That's the yeah. ultimate heel Oh, work. you do Miz doing the flying elbow through the announcer's table. Um, uh, at the, oh, that'd be great. That'd be a great WrestleMania moment. I'd like that. Uh, we've also got Batista versus Triple H. What a shocker. Triple H's feud is the one that's the best booked and uh, has all mm. the best segments. Funny, that, isn't it? Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. How did uh, he produce so much spittle? He was very, very phlegmy. Mm. Um, uh, they've a had rabid some, animal. They've had three great segments thus mm -hmm. far. The SmackDown 1000 segment, the beating up Ric Flair segment, and this past Monday with the Give Me What I Want, which has be it's become a bit of a meme now. I've mm -hmm. seen loads of people doing various different versions of Batista shouting Give Me What I Want. And... I think that they this could be a really really good match, a really solid middle of the card match. Mm. This I think that this is like a, just a nice like if he says this is the final match, this is like the last match of my wrestling career, and hopefully the last match of yours. Like this is just two very well regarded guys and a genuine movie star turning yeah. up. Like this is you know this is the Rock with a flamethrower, but he's getting in the ring. You know, yes, exactly. Yeah, you know. It, it's it's interesting. It'll just be yeah. I think it's just gonna be a great spectacle to see, and like hopefully yeah. 
Triple H is on form rather than like the you know the crown jewel kind of Triple H. Well, yeah, but that had a lot of things working against him. There was a, it was a, it was a yeah. two old fellas across the ring in well, yes, Undertaker and a torn pectoral muscle. Yeah, it wasn't fantastic. <laughs> I don't put all, I don't put any of the blame on him really. No. Um, I think with Triple H as well, Triple H has got this kind of WrestleMania mentality as well that he has to go out there and do a 35, 40 minute match. Mm. And sometimes that's not always needed. Yeah. I think the the Seth match is a, the best example of that. That was a match that did not need to go half an hour. That mm-hmm. match needed to go 15, 20 minutes and it would have been so much better. You could have shaved a lot of time off of it. Yeah. So I kind of hope that we don't get a 35 minute Batista Triple H match because that will just be a lot of stalling a lot of rest holds and mm. I, I i i don't want to say keep it short but i wanted to give it a, a decent amount of time well, it, no holds barred is it yes Match. So so I feel like, like there could, there could, there's going to be a fair amount of just knocking you know, each other about exactly like. yeah get the sledgehammer out they can get a good five minutes out of the sledgehammer i suppose and, yeah uh, i think no, it will at least have that sort of like fun crowd interactive element where they they'll they'll head into the crowd oh they better do they'll yeah. do some crazy stuff um, but hopefully, yeah, they are paying Batista by the minute and uh, can't afford more than about 15, 20. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's hope so. Uh, and also, we've got AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. This was announced uh, yeah, just yesterday. We're recording this on Friday, so it was announced on Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's now official. AJ versus Randall. Um, it is a match that, on paper, I'm not massively excited about. Um, mm, but that I'm, I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan. I'm a huge AJ Styles fan. But like I've, this match has been sort of like thrown together at the last minute. It almost feels like it doesn't feel like we've been building to this mm. match apart from the last couple of weeks. Um, it doesn't feel like you know these two have been sort of at loggerheads over here and over here for all of 2018, and now finally they're going to clash. Mm. It's just two weeks ago, Randy went, "You're a knob," and yeah. AJ was like, "No." And then they had a tata test in the ring. Gotcha. And the, yeah, and then they yeah. had the, the, the bit at fast lane. And I'm very aware that AJ is capable of getting good matches out of everyone. Like Randy Orton is someone who I feel coasts a lot. Oh yeah. Like he 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 just sort of like he he's a very good character. I liked all, I didn't mind all the sort of creepy lurking, sticking his finger. Oh in mate, that heel character yeah. was awesome. But there's just like we should do that should have been a thing like a proper thing yeah. with like you know I'm gonna kill like there's all these legends that have returned to Smackdown yeah I'm just gonna knock them all off like I'm gonna do like a sort of legend killer thing again but That's, further down yeah. the, even further down the line like I'm just annoyed now that you've gone away and come back and I've been here the entire time and you've usurped my position yeah me and Ollie had the exact same thing when we were doing last year which is like this could be a really interesting character but they effectively just dropped it yeah and, and, and just went with oh he's now just a lad again yeah it was, uh, it's because they felt like they were building to Ray, and then they just went, ah, we won't do Ray. Yeah, they're trying like, to do they the were Ray like, thing, We'll do they? Ray and Andrade, because they can do Canadian Destroyers, so <laughs> we'll have one <laughs> of those every week. Randy Orton ain't doing no Canadian Destroyer, Randy mate. Orton <laughs> barely does the things Randy Orton normally does. Like, <laughs> But this is a match that, if he'd have told me this 10 years ago, like, even actually, let's say, not 20 years, let's say 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So you've got 2008, sorry, 2007, AJ Styles versus 2007 Randy Orton. Like TNA versus WWE. Mm. It really feels like this should be like a big, big match. And I think that they did a really good job on SmackDown of kind of getting that across, of trying to build this as a, not to say a TNA versus WWE match, but very much this, you were in the bingo halls, you were this, you were that, Mm. I was headlining WrestleMania. So I think there's something they can do. If we can carry on that great promo game, we might be able to build some really good heat towards this. 
Yeah, hopefully they just turn it up now because yeah. it's, so far it has just felt like, well, you've sort of been in the ring together recently, so there you are. There you go. Have a match. Uh, yeah, I've got high hopes for it, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and speaking of high hopes, Buddy Murphy will be on the kickoff show yes. um, defending his Cruiserweight Championship against either Cedric Alexander or Tony Nice. John Cusack himself. Well, Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander tore the house down at a Super Showdown. Yes. So... That's a great kickoff show kind of vibe. Yep. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nice. My God. Yeah, I, I think I'm actually leaning more towards Nice because the Cedric thing we've seen a lot before. Mm. Like we saw, we saw a lot of Buddy versus Cedric last year. So I'd kind of like Tony Nice feels like it'd be something a little bit different in there. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like the idea that we're playing off the that Cedric won the. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship at last year's kickoff show, so there is some there is some storyline you can play off in that. Mm. And to be honest, I kind of I, I expect it to be Cedric Alexander. I expect it to be Cedric just for the sort of like I think for being a tentpole of the cruiserweight division, he'll probably get that sort yeah. of, that tap. But I also don't think he's I don't get behind Cedric in matches for some reason. It's just like there's just something not clicking about his character. Like I don't, he's just not. But he's like almost too baby face. Yeah. It's just, he's so baby face, he's bland. It's, I don't know. Yeah. He does Here, nice flips. But here's what I want. I want uh, it, I want it to be Cedric Alexander. I want Cedric to win the belt. I want Buddy Murphy to be part of Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Being a part of the, quote, main roster. I wouldn't mind if this was a triple threat. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's a great chat. Doing it mm. as a triple threat would be really cool. But uh, I want Buddy Murphy on the main roster. I want Buddy Murphy in that IC US title picture, just having great matches. Mm. He is. He's so good. He's so good. He's too good to be lost in that 205 Live like vortex of when no one watches. Well, he's, just, he's just like a perfect sort of like, you've got a Neville-shaped void on your thing. Like, he's a great guy to just stick in that sort of, you know, yeah. that ilk of, especially when you've got uh, Ricochet and Black and, you know, if Gargano comes up or stays down, whatever, like that sort of, that sort of level of person coming through. Buddy Murphy can hang with those guys. Yeah. And he also knows those guys. But like, you know, he can hang with them definitely in the ring and it would just, that's just going to be amazing mid-card kind of action. Yeah. If Not you, gender. If, if your SmackDown, like, US title picture is Joe Andrade, Ray, Buddy Murphy, and Ricochet. Oh. Like, like that right there. It's just, it's, that's that's gold all over. Nom, 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 nom. Feed it all to me. Uh, so now we'll go through the, the speculated matches, one of which we're pretty sure is it's going to be the case. It's Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. Yeah. If it's not this match, this company can do nothing right. Mm -hmm. It has to be this match at this point. And I've got to be honest, it's got to be Kofi winning. Yeah. I think Kofi needs to be the guy to dethrone Daniel Bryan. I just, I, yeah, I think it's, I think even even just for the night, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't that think WrestleMania it, moment. It doesn't even have to be like a six for month long. reign. Yeah, yeah, it just has to be a couple of like to the next pay per view, and then Daniel Bryan can have the title back. But you need to capitalize on this momentum now because, yeah, you've someone skyrocketed because he's just he was just there. And yeah, he's just like they've been such a safe pair of hands the new day that I think they are eternally over. I don't think they could. There's nothing they could do really to fall out of favor. Yeah. So, yeah, why not strap a rocket to Kofi Kingston now? And then you get to have the New Day coming out, like, to open your... Like, imagine opening SmackDown with segments involving the New Day like they normally do. 
but then they get to main event as well. Yeah. Like, that's such a solid idea. I, I'd like to see Kofi get a longer run than, than just a month. Mm. But what I don't want for Kofi is, and the, I'm going to use a name here now, and I'm not comparing Kofi to this name I'm about to say, but I'm going to use it as a verb. I don't want to see him Benoit mm. in that I don't want to see, like Benoit won the title at WrestleMania 20. Then by like SummerSlam, he'd lost the belt to Randy, Randy mm. Orton. And then the WrestleMania the following year, he was in the opening match. Like, there was no, like, trajectory that was upwards for mm-hmm. Benoit. Benoit went up and then instantly came crashing right down. Mm. And then before you know it, he was just sort of forgotten about and just moved, you know, oh, you do this over here, you do this over mm. here. Whereas he could have been, like, a, a, a much bigger star. And this is the same with Kofi. I don't want to see Kofi win the belt, take it through to SummerSlam, lose the belt, and then just go back to being your New Day guy and then never being in that WWE mm. Championship picture. However... He, I do want to see him win. I do think we need that moment. And I'm with you. And I think that having him open the, the show as champion will be a really nice sight. Mm, I just, I think that would be an amazing opening match. Like that, I think if you just did that to start WrestleMania. I, I, I agree with you, but I think Kofi is so hot at the moment. Yeah. You kind of want to wait for that moment. You pay that off right at the start. But you imagine could burn if, the crowd you, out. Yeah, but imagine if you had, if the Ronda and Becky thing with Charlotte still had the same heat behind it. Then you yeah. could do this and then you'd have Seth winning in the middle somewhere and then you'd have this at the end. Yeah, completely agree. People would go nuts. I completely agree, but problem is we haven't got any fire behind Seth and with the, the mm. Ronda-Becky f- flair match, I feel is losing fire. Yeah. So Almost at the moment, like the the Kofi should be headlining at this point. Yes, but, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think Kofi Bryant at this point almost should be headlining the show. Mm. But we'll 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 see what happens on the night. Um, and we've also got the Boss and Hug defending their women's tag team titles reportedly against. And it feels like this is what they're setting up versus uh, versus Iconics, Nia Jackson, Tamina, and the Divas of Doom and Natalia and Beth Phoenix, which I think will be a match. It'll be a match. They'll get seven minutes, mm. um, maybe ten, and. I'd imagine Boss and Hug will probably retain. But at least Iconics get on the card, so that's nice. Yeah. I, yeah and it'll be a nice moment for Beth Phoenix as well. I feel like that's just too many things. Like, <laughs> you know, when that's like, I, I hate tag team four-way matches. Oh, well, think, we're like, probably going to have quite a few of them, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, no, just, they're just messy. And like, it depend, like especially when, they, when they're doing the, the four corners, like anyone can tag themselves in. I'm just, I just get like, oh my God, this is too too many moving parts for me. Well, yeah, um, speaking of which, the Revival, um, one of the rumoured matches is Revival versus Black and Ricochet, but I can very much see that being turned into Revival versus Black and Ricochet versus Chad Gable and Bobby Roode versus mm. Hawkins and Ryder or something along those yeah, lines oh for the tag title. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio that that kind of felt like it was set up on Smackdown I can see that turning into a multi-man match as well yeah, with Andrade Andrade in there R-Truth in there as well maybe someone else you know and maybe maybe that'll be your Wrestlemania ladder match that would be seven your o- that would be an opener yeah, as well like because if, you would have R-Truth come out first yeah exactly if you had the seven man match for the US title and it's a ladder match 100% that should start the show. Mm. Yeah, completely. Even if it's actually the four well, chuck, well, they should chuck stuff in there like that. I think, like, let's have some ladder matches and let's have some completely, crazy yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, Asuka currently doesn't seem to have any direction, but <laughs> what a lot of people Bless are speculating it. is it might be a triple threat of Asuka versus Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Fire and Desire are very much splitting up. That was set up at Fastlane and carried on on SmackDown. Asuka, the problem is, though, people have messaged me going like, oh, surely it's going to be a triple threat. And mm. I'm like, well, where's the drama? Asuka's beaten both of them. Yeah. And worse still, Asuka is then the third wheel to a feud between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I just, she's stand, the least, I just stand at the back. She's the least important part of that mm. match, and she should be more important as the champion. Well, the problem is they're using all the SmackDown women on Raw, so it's, that's, <laughs> that's you know. true. Yeah, and then the Raw's now got Raw also now has the uh, 
women's tag title. So there's just yeah. there's no one really for Asuka to face beyond Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, and the other name you've got written down there. Which were reportedly at one point was going to be Lacey Evans. So it's going to be Asuka versus Lacey Evans. That's what all this walking up and down was leading to. But mm. according to Meltzer wrote in the Observer that that match is not likely now. So yeah. it, it feels like if they're going to do anything, it will be this triple threat match. But I'd like to see it be, I mean, Ember Moon would be great, but she's injured. I think it, sh- it should be Shayna Baszler. And I think it should just be, that should be her debut. That'd be, I think Shayna yeah. Baszler, like Asuka, Asuka, an open Asuka challenge. comes out and does an open challenge. Yeah. And Shayna Baszler, oh. having lost the title the night before, yes. but she wasn't pinned, walks out, pins Asuka, wins yeah. the championship. That'd be great. I'm all for that. Strap a rocket to Shayna Baszler. And uh, Lashley, who's just won the IC title, um, possibly against Finn Balor in a mm-hmm. rematch. But uh, the reports are, the WrestleVotes reported that they, there are big plans for Balor at Mania, which could include, there was an advert that was released for the WWE Network mm. that featured Finn Balor advertising WrestleMania. So there is every chance we could get Lashley versus Demon Balor for the IC title, and we'll get like the big Demon Balor entrance. I love how Mania. that's like big things at Mania. Oh, it's yeah. like, he always... Painted himself. Yeah. And maybe that's why they've been building this, like, Finn can't beat Lashley. Like, that's that's the storyline that we're telling mm. here, is that Finn is rubbish and can't beat Bobby Lashley. He had to beat the manager in order Leo to win. Rush, he yeah. had to beat the manager in order to win the belt. And then when it was just a one-on-one match between Lashley and Balor, Lashley dominated for 95% of the match and won. Mm. Like, the story, and the commentators keep saying, Balor is not strong enough against Lashley. So you, then you tell the story that Balor needs to get the demon out in order to to beat him. Nah, I guess I don't, I don't really care. But if a demon comes out and squashes Lashley, I'm into that. Like, yeah, but, like a thirty second also, match. I feel like it's what a what a waste of a <laughs> winning of the IC title. Like, yeah, it should have been his first win yeah. more than anything. Like he still didn't win it with the 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 handicap match, and just like, this would be the first title win would have been much more effective. Mm, I just think yeah, you could you he he's okay at like you can grind him down just enough to yeah. then. Do the demon, everyone suddenly forgets all of that, and then he wins the title, and everyone yeah. be like, oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Ballet. Um, and of course, there's Roman, who could be Drew McIntyre, or more likely Baron Corbin, uh, mm. and maybe there'll be some Dean involved in there. There's a lot of moving parts for Mania. So there was, an, there was, there was a thing I saw earlier as well, that potentially Baron Corbin was being earmarked for the match against Kurt, Kurt Angle, Angle right? yeah. Kurt Angle's retirement match, yeah, which mm. also it could be John Cena. That's the other name that's been thrown around. I would prefer to see that match. Yeah, I, I would pro- I would certainly prefer that than Baron Bloody Corbin. Drew, I would have liked. Like, I'd have loved it to have been Drew. Mm. Like, like redo one of like his classic TNA feuds. Like someone mm. suggested Samoa Joe and like really oh, relive yeah. the Joe Angle magic of, of TNA. The, 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 the series of matches that really put TNA on the map in 2005, mm-hmm. 2006. I, I, I'd, I'd like that. 2006 more really more than 2005. I'd, I'd like to see that match more than I'd like to. Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle. Can you imagine Kurt Angle's last ever match? Against Baron it's Corbin. Baron his Corbin. waistcoat. Oh, yeah, the waistcoat. Put Baron oh. Corbin back in his regular clothes. <laughs> well, he can't because he's got a gross tummy, I guess. That's why they didn't but put him in that. top. He's got, like, vests. Let him wear a vest. I know, but like they, they decided to go with this gimmick. I don't know why they made him wear the vest in the first place. But I guess Vince clearly doesn't like his body shape. He just doesn't like him, yeah. Yeah, he just... And there's the same reason why uh, um, Killian Dane has put a T-shirt on. Mm. Clearly, Vince does not like the way that he looks and made him wear a T-shirt. I know Killian Dane tweeted saying, like, it was my choice. Balderdash, mate. I don't buy that for a second. (laughs) This is a company that has got a track record of making wrestlers change their appearance because Vince doesn't like the way their body Mm. looks. So, I don't know. Husky Harris is another one. Anyway... That's kind of like the main layout of the WrestleMania card at the moment. The reports are it's going to be 17 matches. 
which is a lot of matches yeah. for a show that's going to be what eight hours, maybe yeah. se uh, seven hours last year, wasn't it? Yeah, if you're in the five UK, hour I main show, changing your like become diurnal or something. Yeah, God, that was a rough one because yeah. I watched it at yours last year, yeah. and then I came straight to work and did a news episode, and then fell asleep on the sofa. <laughs> Don't know what I was thinking. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're wondering to yourself, what the heck is a crap gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do here each and every Saturday on the Wrestle Ramble, where you, the Swaff Nation, send to us your crap gimmicks, and then we, the bookers and promoters of crap gimmick wrestling, review and decide whether or not we want to sign them. Yes! Yes, he nailed it. Nailed it that time. That was that was genuinely a first timer. <laughs> that was like if that's like if someone does a catch and they say ninja. Like, <laughs> you know, it it devalues what you did oh. to have pointed it out so profusely. I don't care. I was very <laughs> happy with that. I've had a long day already and my voice really hurts. Uh so yeah, so send them into Luke at WrestleTalk.com. That's Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Massive backlog, about 250 emails, I think, in the backlog currently. Ooh. So we're going through them chronologically, but also picking them out randomly. August 14th, Steve Squire sent in, I would like to introduce you to my crap gimmick, a team known as the Agitators, compromise, uh, compromise, comprised of the instigator and the catalyst. The team is the ultimate in stirring the pot, creating dissension amongst the roster and rarely getting involved in fights themselves. They wear simple brown outfits to match the fact that they are both crap stirrers and come to the ring to the song Little Lies by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> the instigator is the leader of the team and utilizes his promo skills to spread lies about what other wrestlers or teams are saying about another, banking on the fact that the wrestlers will never actually communicate and instead fly off the handle and attack each other. The catalyst then gets in the ear of both parties. The, insti the instigator calls out, reinforcing and escalating the lies to a boiling point. Once the fight breaks out, they slink to the back looking for their next targets. Ooh. Oh. 
little pair of knobs is what they are. Yeah, I, I quite like it. It's like it. It feels like a almost a riff on the Puppet Master kind of thing mm. that Smash Champ has been doing. But yeah, like, yeah, I like. I'd like but a, a team, crap version. Yeah, like a crap version. But like, uh, yeah, I'd like a team that sort of did that. Like you know, yeah. sneaky heels who were very much just lean, whispering into people's ears. That's, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like it, cause removing, just, like removing the sort of. Uh, competition having them feud to open up a route to the titles is mm. a very cool idea. They had a character back in sort of 2000, I think it's 2000. Joe Just Joe was like his mm. backstage guy that was very much just like a hate. It was it was a don't shoot the messenger gimmick. That was his thing. It was like don't shoot the messenger. This is just what I've heard from like. And so I kind of like that aspect mm. of uh, the instigators and the the agitators as a tag team. Um, I'm going to totally butcher this name, so I do apologize. Um, Eugene Chen. Yujin Chen. Yujin Chen? I guess that. Yaijin Chen, maybe? I'm, I'm very sorry, but thank you for sending your email on September 8th. Thanks, Chen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. My suggestion for the crap gimmick roster is a Russian babyface brute called Conrad the Comrade. His ring attire is a huge red and white furry coat with black straps and gold buttons. Of course, there is the obligatory Cossack hat. The reason he's a babyface is the fact that although he is a foreigner, he loves Western culture as well as his native country and is a hugely popular with American fans celebrating Christmas and Thanksgiving. He will cut promos with Russian accent and it will lead to him getting over his catchphrase glory to the motherland the motherland he refers to is the wrestling ring in the ring he is huge with a ridiculous amount of muscles wet black hair and crazy gleam in his eyes he wrestles barefoot like matt riddle but to fight but despite his size he is a softy inside and his entrance music is a classic russian folk tune his signature move is the russian doll a consecutive five delayed suplex the nutcracker a package pile driver and his finisher the vodka splash a huge splash from the top rope he can face off against heel Westerners who are mad that a foreigner can get over it and insist that Conrad is really the enemy. Thanks, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. I love anything Wrestle Talk, and I'm trying to convince my parents to let me become a pledgehammer. I look forward to hearing your criticism. Thanks, Yaijin Chen. Again, I'm very sorry if I got that wrong. Yaijin Chen. Cheers, Chen. Cheers. Thank you for your email, and thank you for your suggestion. Very rarely would you see a, uh, a Russian gimmick in which he is proud to be Russian, but mm. also is a baby face. Because, mm. like, Kozlov... Although he was Russian, his gimmick was not like, I'm a Russian, therefore I'm a good guy. His initial gimmick was, I'm a Russian, therefore I'm a bad guy. Take that as you... I'm Russian, (laughs) take that as you will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it'd be be really interesting to actually have some... Any sort of European other or (laughs) any kind of other in WWE that is not branded as... You're the baddies You're the baddies now because of where you're from. That interview with Rusev he did with Lillian Garcia's podcast, he was like, I was really getting over as a baby face, but Vince McMahon made me heal because that's what he does with foreigners. Yeah, he doesn't know. (laughs) He doesn't know how to book people. Yeah, he just sees them as like, well, they're not American. Hmm, guess they're bad. And you're a heel now, I guess. That doesn't fit into the two stories I've written down. (laughs) Uh, so that was uh, Conrad. I like the name Conrad the Comrade as mm. well. And our last one comes in from Sam Pemberton from November 17th. Hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. Longtime fan. Love the show. Gutted I wasn't able to see you guys in London. Well, fair not, Sam, because we may have some news about that coming soon. Uh, and also, if you Do are we? around uh, on... <laughs> yes. And oh. if you are around on uh, March 22nd, uh, next Friday... Uh, I am going to be doing a introduction at the Prince Charles Cinema for Street Fighter the movie. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be selling my book, telling stories uh, from the people that I interviewed. So come down and, and see me there. I hope to see a lot of you and say hello. 
Cool, man. My cheap plug. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. My crap gimmick is as follows. Not my crap gimmick, Sam. My crap gimmick is bad plugs. Um, so, my so, crap gimmick is this book I wrote one time. <laughs> hey, know? man. <laughs> I am joking. It's up there. It's very I'm good. Joking. It's been hit by Nikki's face. Um, anyway, uh, he writes, a Once a mild-mannered, highly successful doctor whose birth name has long been forgotten, Sick Note's life was drastically changed one day when he found out a cursed old doctor's journal that formerly belonged to the doctor of a traveling wrestling company. The cursed journal, for, upon further inspection, reveals a patient chart with facts about the patient and includes a section of long lists of wrestling moves with tick boxes next to them. When ticked, applies uh, said wrestling hold maneuver to whoever's name is written under the patient's name. During matches, he simply writes down his opponent's name and watches as they sell the move, such as submissions of their own. Oh, it's like Death Note. So it's like Death Note, yeah. Uh, for more complex moves, uh, or one that requires a second person's assistance, Signo could be dodging an opponent's attack while trying to tick a box, does so, drops the journal and pen, and then performs a move on the opponent. His finisher is in a closed line called the Flatliner, and his signature move is a stretcher. Uh, is, oh, his signature match is a stretcher match. I'm happy for management to decide what sort of look you want for him to have. So yeah, so it is a play on Sick Note being ill and Death Note, the uh, mm. anime series in which you write down a person's name and that person will then die. Mm. Great little anime to a certain point, then gets very silly. Well, it doesn't get silly. It stops. It finishes a story that you're invested in. Mm. And then it's like, we're just going to do the same story now, but with a different person who's less interesting. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I've seen this. I've yeah, seen this I, all I, before. The gimmick of a, of a death notebook is yeah. limited. It didn't need to be like the 50 Are you going to write in it? <laughs> yes. Are you going to write in it now? No. no. There was some. I thought the first half of it though was really good. The uh, and the Netflix movie. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I thought it was fine. I like Adam Wingard. Um, so anyway, fine. it was fine. It really was fine. Mm. I've seen it on the big screen. It looked really good on the big screen. It would be fair. Um, so that's Sick Note. Um, what I we, like it. I like Sick Sick Note's my favorite of the three. Yeah, it's my favorite of the three as well. I think uh, it leads to a lot of fun. Yes. I think it leads to a lot of very similar to uh, some of the New Japan, like weird, crazy... Like the DDT-style stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Facing a blow-up doll. Exactly, yeah. Really DDT-style yeah, yeah. promotion. I, I like that a lot. I think, that's, I think that could be a lot of fun. Let's go with Sick Notes. Sick Note it is. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon and leave a comment in the community section where I will find, curate, and read out on here. That was also a first take, I'll be honest with you. Boom. First time, every, every time. time. Hmm. Jonathan Hedman asks, will we get a podcast review of Captain Marvel? You will. It was on yesterday's NXT review, in fact. There you are. I thought it was a three and a half star movie. Really like Brie Larson. Uh, Craig Roberts asked, I watched a news video on YouTube you did regarding equal pay in WWE and wondered how exactly can men and women uh, fairly earn the same amount of each money each month? What needs to happen in order for parity or will it be uh, based on gender regarding pay? I think Craig, essentially what Craig Roberts is asking is how can WWE uh, do equal pay? It's by doing it. Yeah, it's uh, contracts. Um, yeah. When you negotiate people's contracts, uh, rather than just going, you're a man, you get more money, give the women more money, I guess? Yeah, just give them the same amounts. Like, you are in this position on the card. Yeah. You do these amounts of pay-per-view matches a year. You get this much money. Well, because it was in... So, who was... There was... So, Ruby... The Riot Squad were all on 80K or something. Who was on two... Someone was on 250, like Bailey. Someone mm. like Bailey was on about £250,000 a year. That is the money that Kurt Hawkins gets. Yeah. Kurt Hawkins 
mostly appears on YouTube. <laughs> buying toys. Yeah, buying toys. Yeah. So, like, you can't argue that it's positioned within the product. And obviously, like, Bailey's contract would be older or whoever. I can't remember which which exact person it was. But, like, whoever's contract, you know... That was would it be Alexa like, Bliss? Oh, it was Alexa Bliss. It was Bliss. Alexa yeah. Bliss, yeah. Who literally is, like... She was top. She was champion for like yeah. a lot of last year. Was basically running the women's division. Yeah. Has a has a segment on Raw every week. Yep. Basically, yeah. Comparative to Kurt Hawkins, who has a losing streak and, and is very rarely featured on and TV. Very rarely just, featured. Just on does TV. a lot of house shows, which Alexa Bliss is also doing. Yes. So it's just it's just that's the kind of discrepancy. Like you know, Alexa Bliss is on the posters. Mm-hmm. So you would think that that would be built into the contract. Is like this is how important you are to us. So we should probably financially recompense you for that exactly there's yeah. a very easy way to do it aew are doing it mm. like it's not it's really not that difficult to do it's just it's a it's very much an ingrained thing within our society and our culture that women get paid less well because it, that's it, the way it's always been and there are some companies that just refuse to change when well, there's yeah and there's probably the difference as well is like there's some stuff that's been said where like men are more likely to ask for a raise like yeah exactly there is yeah. a sort of in-baked thing in business where women are a bit more coy about they're it not, they're it, not inclined to ask for raises yeah. in a similar way that they might not apply for jobs in which they don't meet all the criteria whereas blokes, whereas just blokes are just like I'll lie <laughs> I'll just do it regardless <laughs> uh, Connor Kieran asks in terms of Twitter usage do you think wrestlers should have a dedicated WWE handle that they use to stay in character and then a separate personal account for them not to be in character and talk about their personal projects and charity work mm. etc I like the idea but I think it's still like it just makes the WWE account kind of pointless. Yeah. Because why would you bother following that? Unless they were using it to further storylines, I guess. I think obviously social media has made kayfabe incredibly difficult to maintain because yeah. people do want like Ronda to. Like Rousey. <laughs> yeah, people do want to post pictures of their lives. Mm. Like, you know, Zelina Vega posted the picture of her wedding yesterday. Exactly. To Black. Congratulations. Yeah. We, but know, she, we know you're watching. Yeah, but she, yeah, but she is. <laughs> Not friends of him in the in the product yeah, at yeah. all. No, like, exactly. Yeah, she's managing Andrade. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's that kind of that kind of stuff. Obviously, breaks breaks the fourth wall. Mm. But you've just got to go. Okay, well, I suspend my disbelief, and you have to think that certain things are part of the story, and certain things aren't. Maybe yeah. there's just a, like a little put a little dot at the beginning of your tweet if it's part of the story. Maybe yeah, you need like a little little signature. But yeah, perhaps Connor's got the the right idea here. If you just you have a personal account that you use, yeah. but you also have one that is within character. I actually don't think it's the worst idea. I think I think realistically, just commit. Like Kevin Owens commits to the role. Like yeah. like when he's doing like you know, all of his posts leading up to his return were just about his family building on the babyface thing and then when he returns as a babyface, you're like, okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. Like but when he's being a heel, he is a heel on He's a heel on social media. That's all you got to do. Like, there's plenty of stuff you can post about while still being a bad guy. You can still be like, I'm playing Mario Kart. Like, <laughs> whatever it is you wanted to do. You know? Also, Alistair Black, he's a foreigner, not a heel. Whoa. Crikey, it does happen. Uh, Mag- he, is, he is goth. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he's broody. Yeah. Uh, Magnus Bernstrom. Bernstrom, I'm going to say, because it has got, it's got the name. line through the O. Strom. Strom. Uh, hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and a big hello to you, Chopper, and everyone at Scripps. I mean, WrestleTalk, uh, except for Randy Dandy, Randall Dawson. 
Good. I'm glad you pointed that out. Uh, AJ Styles had previously said in an interview that moves are easy. It's the little things that make the biggest difference. So I wonder, what are your favorite little things in a match and or small details wrestlers do during a match? doesn't matter if it's just a cool spot during a match or if it's storytelling fitting uh, storytelling fitting for the storyline. So I think he's talking about like the examples that he gives, things like uh, Omega falling down during the um, uh, the Rainmaker clothesline mm-hmm. or Champa, uh, Gargano sitting down next to Champa in the, the first match that they had to like you know, reference the Cruiserweight Classic. Mm-hmm. I think like the little things and stuff, the, um, like Kyle O'Reilly's selling for me is... Oh, he's, yeah, on point. Yeah, completely. Uh, I love Kevin Owens putting one finger on the bottom rope. Yeah. That is such a simple thing. So like, good, right, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, that was really, really cool. Um, that's a very good question. I'd, I'd need some more time to think about that, unfortunately. Uh, Anthony Marine asked, Hey guys, my question is to you. Do you think they brought back Shelton Benjamin to remind the audience that he's around to set up Shelton and Angle for Mania for his last match? Personally, I find it better than wasting it in the last uh, Raw match. Thanks, guys, in advance. I think if they'd brought back Shelton Benjamin to set him up for Kurt Angle, they wouldn't have just had Seth beat him convincingly yeah. and easily. So I think part of part, another part of the thing we were talking about Baron Corbin potentially being for Angle. Part of the reason they might have brought Benjamin back there is because of the team Angle thing and being like, well, Baron Corbin can beat up Shelton Benjamin on a weekly basis and then that'll build some heat for Angle. Great. Yeah. Cool. cool. Good luck getting that Baron Corbin heat. Uh, Martin Ware asks, should Ember Moon be a contender for Asuka's SmackDown Women's Championship uh, if cleared in time for WrestleMania? Absolutely. She's yes. not over in the slightest because they brought her up and did sweet FA with mm. her. We're now... At she the- had the least talked about winning streak of anyone I think <laughs> I've ever seen. Like She was like on a hot streak and it was just like... She just- uh, no one cares. She came and she pinned the like the former women's champion like first night in and then did nothing. Mm. It's incredible how this company did nothing with Ember Moon after bringing up to What was the point? What mm. was the absolute point in doing it? <laughs> so yeah, I think she could be that she needs like if she came back now there would be no heat for her mm. other than she'd get the surprise return pop. Um that would be about it, which is a shame really. Chris Smith asks, um, which non-WWE matches would you be most interested to see during Mania Weekend? So here's the lineup that he is suggesting. Out of out of these matches, which are we most excited for? Will Ospreay versus Bandido at WrestleCon. Will Ospreay and Pac versus CCK, which will be Brooks and Gresham at RevPro. Lucha Brothers versus RVD and Sabu at United We Stand. Scott Steiner versus Hornswoggle at yes. AIW. Uh, David Arquette. Crikey, I didn't notice that one. David Arquette versus Timothy Thatcher at Joey Reiner's Paint. Bloody hell. <laughs> David Arquette's going to be bloody killed. Yeah. Because Timothy Thatcher, he's not messing around. <laughs> he's not messing. There's no messing with it's Timothy Thatcher. Destroy him. Uh, Arquette lives for it, though. He, he loves ju- it. He loves it. Did you see that interview that Patricia Arquette did where she was like, I, I don't like watching him wrestle? Because he had a heart attack. Mm. So she's like, I don't like watching him wrestle. He literally had a heart attack last year. <laughs> so it's terrifying to watch him mm. wrestle. Crikey. Uh, LAX versus the Rock and Roll Express at Joey Janela's Spring Break. And Loki and LAX versus Pentagon Tajiri and the Great Muta at House of Glory. Well, I think you wow. can tell by some of our reactions, the uh, the Osprey Pack versus CCK match at Rev Pro. Oh, yeah. Like, as long as they don't do what they did at Rev Pro High Stakes, where I was so excited for CCK versus Aussie Open, and then they did it as a 20-minute comedy match with 15 minutes worth of stalling. Mm-hmm. If they don't do that, it will be an incredible match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if they go to the sort of comedy stalling, I'll be really annoyed because I love Aussie Open and I loved CTK, but it's just that match really was a letdown. Mm, I, I 
Osprey versus Bandito. Oh, mate, I want to see how they defy physics to the point that they rip a hole in reality. <laughs> Bloody you love me some Bandido, <laughs> man. He's great. Uh, and Lucha Brothers and RVD uh, and Sabu, we kind of talked about on the show before, being like it has the potential to be either the greatest train wreck or the, just the greatest match. Oh, yeah. It could be awesome. Uh, but, man, David Arquette... That's a level versus, of intrigue. David Arquette versus Tim Thatcher could well be this year's Walter versus PCO from mm. spring break last year which is just like, it was one of my favorite matches of last year because it was a match where you're just like I don't know how how either of you are standing up now PCO's chest was gross it was he's, so disgusting he's a nut job he is he's terrifying PCO <laughs> man Juan Gabriel asked uh, once and hopefully Kofi wins the WWE Championship who would you like to see be his first feud and challenger Ooh. good question mate don't mind it uh, oh, who would I like to see be the, the first challenger? I think because he suggested someone like Mustafa Ali, but I think you want to have like a really big name that, that can challenge. And a big name and a heel is what yeah. I want. Like, I'd like it to be like Randy Orton. I'd like, like it to be Bray. Yeah, Bray's a good shout. You bring back Bray, uh, Bray as a heel, yeah. I'd like, like Randy Orton, like a really established top guy that mm. Kofi can beat and establish himself further as a top guy. Yeah. I think it'd be really good. Plus, you get that nice poetic justice of like the feud that could have happened in 20, 2009 before mm. you know Kofi kept getting up when Orton wanted to do the punt. And that was apparently th the worst thing that you could have possibly done. You <laughs> must stop this push now. Um, so, yeah, so I'd, I'd go with Randy. But, yeah, Bray's a good shout. Mm. Uh, Team LOL asked, if you guys were wrestlers, which wrestler from any company would you be? Uh, probably Raven, because I dress the same. Raven. Uh, I would be any independent wrestler. <laughs> uh, take your pick. Take your pick, mate. Yeah. Really, I'm the Repo Man, because I, I bloody look like Repo Man. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Cooley asks, uh, this is a question designed for Ollie, really, but Ollie's not, not with us today, unfortunately. But he's talking about how... Um, the retirement match that Kurt Angle has got, and he was asking which five guys would you like to see retire him? Um, so, yeah, who would you rather see in the Kurt Angle match? We kind of talked about this briefly, like Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, so you, could, so you could either play on the history and have Samoa Joe. Drew, I would love just because I think, like, I almost feel like the match where he tapped him out with the ankle lock should have just been the last match. Like, mm. just do that, have him stand in the middle of the ring. Get the applause. Really established Drew as a really top Really established, like, Drew. Instead of having Drew be a bit part player to Baron Corbin. Ugh, don't even like, get me started. My God. Like, I get that, like, yeah, Drew really came off badly in the Roman has to leave thing. Because mm. it felt like Drew was being positioned to be, like, Roman's counterpoint. Like, yeah. the, his joker, if you will. But, like, yeah, this felt... I think Drew would just benefit so much from it. Yeah, he really would. Um, and actually, John Cena. Like, I know like, mm. I, I would have liked to have seen someone who can use this match to get something out of it. Like, we're talking about, like, really establishing Drew as a top guy. Yeah. Like, John Cena doesn't need to beat Kurt Angle in his last match. But does play off quite nicely with Cena's debut match on SmackDown. So there's, there's some nice stuff to be yeah. done with that. Ruthless aggression. That's when I wasn't watching WWE. Uh, Rockstar Dougal uh, asks uh, where I got that tremendous Sonic the Hedgehog Green Hill t-shirt, uh, zone t-shirt from it's from primark actually um what i got it um try let me think now my mum was 60 so i would have been so it's three years ago uh, in primark in liverpool um yeah i don't think they do it now i could I only found it in the liverpool branch funny enough i'd seen it advertised like some people had shown it on twitter and saying mm. this is in primark but i couldn't find it in any primark store i went into apart from that liverpool one so i don't know whether you could get it from now there's either thousands out there 
or one or one and i've got the one um but sega do have a very good uh shop that you can get some really cool t-shirts from but i'm i'm not buying them from there because i've got enough t-shirts as it is uh noah trombley asks with the rumor that wrestlemania is going to have 17 matches should wwe consider having wrestlemania spread across two nights and do both saturday and sunday with each night going about four hours i've been pushing for this for years mm. i said this last year that it should be done over two nights wrestle kingdom is being done over two nights next year so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out it is done over two nights you could take over yeah do take over on the friday like no one gives a crap out of the hall of fame so do that on like i don't know monday like, yeah, who, well, cares? who cares do it online <laughs> yeah do it for www.com with the yeah. network because who, who honestly cares about the hall of fame mm. so scrap they the, do well yeah maybe I don't internal even, people i don't even think they do mm. um so yeah hall of fame on the thursday take over on the friday and then you do wrestlemania saturday and sunday and then granted, that's even more wrestling for us because then we've got like Raw and SmackDown the following yeah. nights and NXT on the Wednesday. But it is, I it think. It just makes it watchable though. That's the thing. It's like seven and a half hours or whatever it is. It's too, it's too much long. time to sit and watch something. It's Especially too long. Especially when you're drinking. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Three hours in is where I'm flagging already. Yeah, last like, year. And uh, uh, not only that, but like. Uh, what's happening? You try to prepare yourself as well. So you get like your beers and then we had like snacks and stuff. So we had like your little like uh, pretzel mm. um, bites and things pretzel like that. Pretzel, yeah, little pretzel lads. <laughs> and you have like your M&Ms and your things like that. But after a while, your stomach just goes like, give me something proper. Yeah, I want I some need, actual food. Yeah, because you could eat, you could have a, three course meal for the first half of the thing and then watch the second half like normal and it yeah, exactly. still be fine there was a moment when we were watching it I was like I don't want any more Haribo <laughs> I, was like, I don't want any more Haribo give me some beans on toast my arm and asked uh, hello chaps are you going to NJPW Royal Quest and what are your thoughts do you think it will be a success the US, the US show has got a bit of a uh, bad rap but we are getting Tanahashi Okada Naito Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr so I am excited we are going to Royal Quest very very excited excited for it because literally I'm, we can point to it like it is going to be over there like yeah. through that it's wall across it's across it's across the, river the yeah it's, it's across, across the river the canal from us the canal if if i had a strong enough arm i could throw a stone at it like it's <laughs> it's literally next door to us so we're going and we're very very excited and the story of the stories the rumor is that yeah the u.s shows were a disaster because of the u.s um visa issues that mm -hmm. they had Cheers, Trump. But uh, the UK show, they've already sorted out the visas, and their plan is to make it feel pay-per-view quality. Awesome. So we're going to have, like, big, big matches this year. And so I'm, 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 cannot, cannot wait. Uh, a couple more questions. This one comes in from Assange. So I watched last year's WrestleMania, and after seeing all the matches, I got a little conspiracy theory. Ooh, love these. Uh, do you think everyone on the card, including Nakamura and Styles, was told not to have the best match they possibly could have, so that Ronda could steal the show to create more mainstream traffic and cement her as a uh, cement her as a star immediately? Would also explain why the SmackDown tag teams, who had a pretty run, at, uh, had a good who had a pretty run at the time, uh, were just squashed by the Bludgeon Brothers in a nothing match. Well, the SmackDown tag teams got five minutes because that was the role they had to play. You were the buffer match. Mm. You, like, that's what that match was there You're for. You're there for people to cool off. Exactly, yeah. You... And it made sense for the Bludgeon Brothers to squash them. Like, yeah. It, it just it, did. And it was like, yeah, you can't, every match can't be like a big five-star match because you do, people need to go to the loo. Mm. It's a it's an eight-hour show. People need to go get food. They need to go get drinks. So that buffer match was there so people could go to the loo. Apparently it was like the longest queues of the night. I don't think like I think WrestleMania is obviously a high pressure environment and I think the difference is probably most matches weren't rehearsed as much as the Ronda match was the Ronda match would have been a year's worth like since she signed that was what they were planning to do yeah. and that's pretty much 
you know, beyond going, here's how you wrestle. Like, they mm. were like, well, let's, let's literally step-by-step step block out. Exactly. Match. That match was rehearsed within an inch of its life. But, but, the re- but what, what it benefited from in that was it was an amazing piece of storytelling. Like, it, was, it had peaks and troughs in all the right places. It lasted the exact right amount of time. And it just had that amazing moment where she gets in the ring with Triple H. Like, what I was, more do you want? I was thoroughly sports entertained. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was. It was easily the best match on the card. Um, it was in our top ten matches of the year. Uh, I don't buy into the conspiracy theory that everyone was told to be rubbish so that Ronda looked better. Like, I I'm not going to buy I into that conspiracy good theory. But she, she looked good. good. Because, that's exactly. Taking, that's taking too much away from her. I think. Like, yeah, she's good. Yeah. If, um, but in a more rehearsed scenario. That's it, yeah. It was completely rehearsed. And like the AJ Nakamura match, I, I said this at the time, that it felt like a disappointment because we'd all had so much hype for, hope for it. But also it was because it was setting up other matches. Mm. So you can't do all of your big blow-off match first because you need to. You had to do two more matches afterwards. In yeah. fact, I think they did like 12 more matches afterwards. Mm. So kind of burblick, I know. And, and a lot of that, yeah. And then the final matches of that feud, I great. really, really yeah, yeah. enjoyed the, the, the last the, man standing. Oh, so good. It was great. Uh, Martin Ware finally asked WWE just posted on Instagram um, oh it's about Kurt Angle's uh, last opponents I was just wondering who you wanted it to be uh, I'd like it to be Buddy Murphy or Ricochet Buddy Murphy's a good shout Buddy Murphy Buddy Murphy's cool. a great shout so Ricochet fun. actually but it's a shame about Champa. I would have liked it to be Champa. oh yes mate hello so I'm a bit concerned about this podcast outro because uh, fire alarm tests were meant to have started mm. 12 was it or 1 12 12 uh, it's now half past 2 so maybe they're waiting for us I don't know uh, yeah we, we did say we asked if they could push them back to 2 but it's now half past so at got, any point now it could be yeah it could be taking a piss a little bit uh, let's have another Rusev hey here this comes in from I mean there's I believe I'm going to say Sam although their email name is Gatcha Lover it's a gacha. Oh, a gacha is a uh, Japan those Japanese like vending machine games where like you put money in, you pull it, and a little capsule comes out of a oh, figurine. Oh, little capsule, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then games like Fire Emblem Heroes or uh, other games that are gacha, like a lot, of, yeah. a lot of games are gacha now. Put a little fifty p in, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So all those games where it. you like summon random heroes and yeah. stuff, they're okay. all gacha games. Fair enough. I am. Um, uh, when I was in Canada, we went into a bookshop that had a gacha machine, but it was filled with haikus. Mm. So anyway, gacha, love it. You <laughs> to say, hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. This is my first ever Rusev hey, so I thought I would share it with you guys. I was in a restaurant having dinner with my girlfriend and her sister when suddenly, out of nowhere, Santino Morella walks into the restaurant and sat next to my table. I went up to him and said, hello, Santino, sir, huge fan. And he replied, wow, it's been a long time since someone's called me that. We both started laughing and I took a selfie too. When I got back to my table, my girlfriend asked me, do you know that? guy and i said yep he's one of the funniest wrestlers of all time and no ollie he was uh he was not alone he was having dinner with his friends or something love the show have a good day thank you guys his friends or something yeah uh, his friends or his captives this person says that they took a selfie but has not attached it so uh, picks or didn't happen it is a lie them's the rules my friend them's the rules ashley emails in to say hello luke ollie fakedor and chopper i've been meaning to send this rusev hey in for a while and had a little bit of digging or for my pick or it didn't happen. See, this guy gets it all, girl, mm. 
perhaps. Um, a few weeks ago, you guys mentioned the idea of people seeing wrestlers in grocery stores, and I had to tell you about discovering one of my local wrestlers of my childhood. Growing up, I lived near the promotion Northeast Wrestling, and who uh, would hold semi-regular events in the local community recreation center. It was a fun mix of talent and special guests like former members of WWE, Rikishi, Nunzio, Kevin Nash, just to name a few. Felt a bit partridge when I was doing that. <laughs> Rikishi, Nunzio, Kevin Nash. Monkey tennis. Um, when we arrived to the meet and greet on this particular event, Spring Slam 07, if I, if I remember correctly, everyone ran to get in line for their favorite wrestlers. I was caught completely off guard by my grocery store stock boy, Brian Anthony, putting out his merchandise. You see, my mum and I always ran into Brian at our local supermarket stopping, uh, stocking the meat freezers. Over time, we became friendly with him, saying hello and chatting when we would run into each other. As a kid with no internet access or the concept of kayfabe, I could not wrap my head around the fact that I had just discovered his double life. Weren't all wrestlers just wrestlers not stock boys living among us regular folk i went out right up to his booth and i said it can't be possible that you work at shores down the road right you look like someone i know brian laughed and said ashley i didn't know you liked wrestling i was dumbfounded not only did i actually know a wrestler but he knew me back we talked about him and uh, we talked with him for a bit not about him we talked about him behind his back <laughs> talked about him to his face but not <laughs> In including but not including him we talked with him it's for like a bit on twitter <laughs> Uh, we talked with him for a bit and he'd been training and working local shows and got a picture with him before t uh, getting our seats. He had a great match later on, warming up the crowd before AJ Styles and Samoa Joe tore down the house in the main event. Crikey, 2007, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. Yes, please. Don't mind it, mate. I've met many other wrestlers over the year, but Brian is one of my most memorable because it was the first real person I knew in the wrestling world. As the years went on, we would talk about wrestling when we ran into each other. And even now, when I visit my hometown and catch him at an event, I bring up the days when he used to call out the daily specials over the intercom like he was cutting promos. He still wrestles locally and has an upcoming match with David Arquette of all people, who we were talking about in the ramble you were just listening to. Apologies for the long email and for the awkward preteen photo of my brother and I, Brian. LOL. Thank you for all the work you do. You guys are a fixture of my day-to-day -day life and you bring a smile to my face when I need it the most. And there is Ashley. Sorry. that Yes, there she is. There is. With the chap, Brian who very much looks like a Hardy Boys fan. Mm. Yes. So. He's ripped off their logo. Very, very <laughs> much so. Uh, so, yeah, apologies uh, for reading out your email slightly poorly there, Ashley. Uh, thank you very, very much for sending that in, though. Um, send in your Russo face, Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Uh, let's have an 80% fact before we get out of here. Uh, this one comes in from Zachary, who says, Hello, Luke, Laurie, Ollie, and the rest of the uh, WrestleTalk crew. Um but I cannot stress this enough. Absolutely not, Randy. Uh, I hope you're all having a great day and week. I've got some 80% facts and a joke for you. Did you know that Atlanta spelled backwards is Atlanta? Also, the song I've Been Everywhere by Johnny Cash is about all the places he's killed someone. What? <laughs> he says in the first he's a kill... Hmm. Uh, one more. If you have the hiccups, drink some laxatives and you'll be scared to hiccup then. I These think that aren't last, facts. I They're think just very much not the, even 80% facts. <laughs> 0% facts, 100% lies. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Uh, and here's a joke. He says, why don't chickens wear pants? Because uh, their pecker is on their head. Keep <laughs> up <laughs> <laughs> the consistently, consistently also consistent podcast. Animals. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, Porky Pig didn't wear them. Uh, Mickey Mouse did, though. He wore little dungarees. Donald Duck didn't. No, Donald Duck did not. Donald Duck is the closest we've got to chicken in our current <laughs> listing of anthropomorphized creatures. <laughs> did Scrooge McDuck wear... Uh, wear no, pants? Scrooge he wore, McDuck. He had a nice he jacket. He was hanging out free and easy. <laughs> With the he had a cane. He had, he had it like... 
The top half gets fancier as yeah. you get as you get richer in the duck world. The top half gets fancier. So it goes from Donald Duck wearing a little blue jacket to yeah. Scrooge McDuck wearing a top hat, a monocle, having a cane, and, and a, a fancy jacket. But he can't afford trousers. Yeah, although. Launchpad McQuack can wear trousers. Like he mm. earns enough money by flying planes in order to be able to get trousers. A strange old world, <laughs> DuckTales. A strange world indeed. Uh, Marcelino emails in to say, Hey, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, uh, and well, actually, he says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, and Master Fakador. I mean, Laurie. An 80% fact I heard from my friend when talking about uh, how great health insurance is. Hmm. He told me that in California, sex changes are free while cancer treatment isn't. I'm pretty sure that's fake news, but I've never found out. That certainly sounds fake, in yep. all fairness. Uh, then that's a completely uh, correct one. Let's have another. I'm going to pick one at random. Um, let's have this one because it came in from Connor, um, who emailed into the podcast earlier. He says, uh, Mate just told me this one down at the pub. If you forced yourself to eat six olives, you will like them. Now. <laughs> this is nonsense. <laughs> that is That's nonsense. not the way taste buds work. That is nonsense. Although my mother-in-law, she loves olives, mm. but she never used to like olives, and she just kept eating them until she liked them. Well, that's what I did with coffee. Like there's some there are there there is definitely a degree to which there are some things that are an acquired taste. And part of that comes out of clearly like when you when you're a child and your taste buds are developing, very bitter foods very tart foods are quite difficult for your tongue to process. This is why babies, when they eat applesauce, it's so hilarious, right? And so as you as you age and your taste buds change, you slowly like more complex flavors. So like coffee, to me, when I was 21 and I started drinking it and I hadn't had it before, I was like, this is absolutely foul. Ew, gross. This is gross. Bra- what is this gross mud? <laughs> Mad water. And then you just keep drinking it and eventually... You get a little buzzed, and you're like, "That's yeah. fine now." I still don't think coffee tastes delicious. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like, "Oh God, I f- welcome to Flavor Country," but no, I am like, it yeah. is quite nice. But I really just want to wake up in the mornings now. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of a coffee convert, particularly because mm. we get it free and it's lovely filter coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found it was when I turned thirty. Mm. That like I didn't like olives at all. Switch. I didn't like olives. I thought were gross mm. and disgusting. And I was I tried every year, <laughs> every year from about like the age of twenty two until thirty. I tried a, every single year. It was a rubbish birthday pie year. every year. And I was like, Luke I'm, sits down to eat a jar of olives. And I was like, I'm going to try an olive. Eat it. That's that's gross and disgusting. And yet, as soon as I turned thirty, I had an olive. And I was like, this is a taste sensation. And I and I love them. And I love eating olives. Was now. it was it a fat? Was it a, like a plain olive? Yeah, it was, was a, it a, yeah, a plain a, olive. A green or a black? It was green olive. A green olive. Black green olives. is like black are the more complex. Yeah, uh, black, a bit black, more complex. Black are for the true connoisseurs yeah. of olives. Though I do like a black olive chopped up into a salad. Oh yes, yes, absolutely, mate. And the other one is mushrooms. Mushrooms for like my entire life, I've never liked mushrooms mm. until I went vegetarian. And now, actually, nothing else to eat. <laughs> and I, I've had to. But actually, it was, it was prior to me going vegetarian. I'll die if really. I don't. I, I, we'd gone out for a meal for my wife's 30th mm. birthday. And we went to a very posh, uh, we went to Tilney Hall, very, very posh, lovely uh, three course meal. And I had this big chunk of steak. Um, it was like the, one of those big, big chunks of steaks that you have to share with someone. Like they won't cook it unless two people are having it because right. it's such a, like a fine uh, cut of meat. And so we had that, and it was served with a portobello mushroom. And I was like, I do like a portobello mushroom. I was like, oh, God, gross. That mushroom's going to get its disgusting mushroomness over my lovely bit of steak. And then I thought, do you know what? You know, I'm 32. Let's give this a go. <laughs> grow up, Luke. Exactly. Grow up, Luke, for God's <laughs> sake, man. So I, I cut it up, and I had a bit with my steak. And I was like, what? What is this? 
I am now in Flavor Town. Like this is a taste sensation. And since then, I've been like, mushrooms are pretty great. It's it's helpful that portobello mushrooms are delicious. Is, it's like meat. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah, it's the closest to meat you can get. Yeah, soylent green. Oh it's, yeah. <laughs> My wife does an amazing portobello mushroom steak, like with some mm. lovely steak seasoning over it. It genuinely feels like you're having steak and chips. Um, yeah, portobello mushrooms it can't. <laughs> that's not true. That's it's... also an eighty percent fact. That is no. That's a one hundred percent fact. Eighty percent fact. One hundred percent fact. Um, although I did have, um, I went to Plant Kitchen yesterday. You know the new M and S range that they've got. No. Um, yeah, they've, they've got like a massive vegan section now, um, and I got a. They're pu- taking over. Yeah, oh, they're stealing my gimmick. Bloody vegans. I mean, um, what? Um, and uh, yeah, they they've got like a mushroom pie there, and I like pies. I like mushroom pies, and I got it home, and it was. There were times where I was eating the mushrooms, I was like, "This is gross," mm. but there were other times where I was like, "This is ace." So I'm still not 100 percent there with the mushrooms yet. There are thousands of different types, though. There so are I indeed. Guess that's the thing. And I do bloody love. So one of my favorite things to cook when the in the cold winter months is a it's, it's a Bosch recipe called seaside pie, where you essentially do a fishless fish pie in your place uh, with mushrooms instead. And it oh, is mush- not just like sand. Other things you find <laughs> in the seaside: buckets, seaweed, <laughs> buckets je- jelly shoes. <laughs> oh no, they're probably not vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Jam sandwiches that have got sand in <laughs> yeah. them. Uh, anyway, that's all we've got time for on this show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with the Raw, SmackDown, and NXT reviews and another magazine show. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.